Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to today's episode of Untaped Heroes. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to sit back, relax, and meet yet another amazing individual from around this big, beautiful world that does amazing things to serve mankind. My name is Stacey Johnston. Honored to be here with you today, and equally as honored to sit alongside my co-host, Kathy Holland. Kathy, how are you today? I am doing great. Looking forward to talking to our guests and getting to shine a light on another amazing story. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, as you know, at the, for the audience that doesn't know, we're in the process of putting a book together around this podcast because we get the most beautiful information and the most beautiful stories. It's just too pretty not to share. So as, as you look at this and, and what it's been to you and you think about that forward as authors and, and what you're going to say about the stories we're going to put out there, what does this podcast mean to you, being able to have this opportunity? Um, I think I know yeah. I'll go ahead, sorry. No, it's okay. I think I've said it a few times, you know, I get to talk to people and interact with people and get to know people on a very personal level that I probably wouldn't otherwise come across in my everyday life, right? I'm living in a small town in West Texas, so the fact that we get to bring out the extraordinary and the ordinary and shine a light on them and then share that with the rest of the world is a gift. I agree. I think that's the best place to live it. I take it as a gift as well. So let's open this gift for today. Without further ado, we have a lady joining us. We're very excited to meet and get to know all the way from Chicago, Illinois. And her name is Jennifer Villamil. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. We're glad to have you. Thank you for joining us. How about if you kick us off? Can you tell us who is Jennifer? What do you do? Why do you do that? And how can we connect with you? Yeah, so um, I have been an advertising executive for like 18 years. And I think during the pandemic, um, like a lot of people, I started kind of feeling a little lost and feeling like I didn't really... Uh, like I, I wanted a change, but I didn't really know what I wanted to change or what I wanted to do. Um, and so I kind of started on this, this self-discovery uh, journey to, to figure out my next steps. Um, and that has led me to starting my, my own podcast called My Almost Midlife Crisis because I, <laughs> I legitimately felt like I was almost going through a midlife crisis. Um, and I did season one of that, and, and since then, I've gotten uh, married, and I'm now actually 22 weeks pregnant. Um, and a couple months ago, I was uh, in a new role. I was in an executive role, and I was laid off and while I was pregnant. And um, I think I like to joke that that's what launched my actual midlife crisis, um, because I truly, you know, I've, uh, this whole motherhood for the first time at, at 40 years old co- coming at me, and obviously that changes your priorities. I was already questioning kind of my next steps in my career. So now I'm, I'm truly trying to figure out how to get from where I'm currently at to where, what I want to do and where I want to go. And um, and so what I really do is, is leverage 
my podcast to try to connect with others that are also feeling like they are not sure which way to go and, and we can be on that journey together and we can figure it out and together and hopefully inspire each other. I like that. You know, one of the things that I've found, let's back up. How can people connect with you so that you can share that inspiration? Um, I think probably the best way is checking out my website. It's myalmostmidlifecrisis.com. That has um, the podcast. I I wrote a book recently, so that also has links to the book. um, And it has kind of all the different ways to to connect um, depending on on people's preference. So, yeah, I would say myalmostmidlifecrisis.com is the best way. Very cool. You know, dive into that for me just a little bit. You're almost midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. What was that about you? Yeah, so, you know, the midlife crisis gets this really bad reputation. Like, when you think of midlife crisis, you think of someone going out and buying, like, a sports car or, like, cheating on their spouse with someone that's, like, half their age or really, like, any of these what I would consider like destructive kind of reactive actions. Um, But what it really is and what I think what I've been experiencing and, and what I truly believe is that the midlife crisis, well, while it sounds like it can be bad, what it really is is a turning point and how to make sure that that doesn't turn into something negative and instead into something potentially really positive is taking a step back and really doing the work of self, uh, really looking inside herself, self-discovery, looking in the mirror a little bit and trying to understand what, what's behind the feeling of maybe you feel lost, maybe you're bored, maybe you're, you know, yearning for that change, like what is actually driving that? And if you can be honest with yourself and figure out what that is, then you can make the right decisions that ends up being a really positive experience and something that can hopefully help make the next chapter in your life even better than the last chapter. So I really just try to focus on, you know, it's not, Yes, it's a midlife crisis by, by definition, but it's, it's a good thing. And the, and the reality is, is that we all go through it at some point. Maybe it's late 30s, maybe it's 40s, maybe it's later, maybe it's 50s or 60s. But at some point, we're all going to get to a point in our lives where we're like, is this going to be the next 20 years? Like, is this, is this what I want to do? Because... Um, you know, the older we get, the more sense of mortality we have. And that's what really drives the midlife crisis is that at some point you realize that you actually don't have all the time in the world, that that time is not unlimited. And so it becomes more important for you to figure out how do you really want to spend your time to make the most of it. Um, And that's that's a good thing. So it's my hope is that by kind of authentically sharing my story and being as open as possible, um, you know, that other people can be like, first get a sense that it's okay to feel this way, but also there's healthy ways to deal with it um, and make it something really positive. I love that. 
So I'm going to jump out on a limb for just a second, and I'm going to assume if you're newly married and have and, and pregnant, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Good luck with your new baby. That you were probably running around the same age as my children. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. That I feel like that's probably where we're standing about now, which is beautiful because I love my children. Okay? We well, I guess time. it depends. How old but, are your children? Uh, they're, they are 35, 33, and 29. Yeah, I am. I will be forty in a month. So you know you're right in there, right? So what yeah. I'm what I'm getting at is when people hear the words midlife crisis, they mm-hmm. think about fifty year olds that have lost their mind, right? Mm-hmm. Men that are just fixing to retire and getting all tired of playing golf, they go buy a Harley, right? right? That's the concept of midlife crisis. People don't usually don't connect the the concept of a midlife crisis in your thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or well, and I think what's, what's interesting about that is you're right, and I think um, what I'm starting to realize is the more people I talk to about it is I think the pandemic played a big role in that, right? The, the pandemic really caused a lot of people to maybe hit this mortality because if, if mortality is what really causes, it's like the impetus of a midlife crisis, then it makes sense that something like the pandemic would, when you're really faced with your own mortality in a way that I think a lot of us have never, never really had to deal with. Um, and then, yes, as being a soon-to-be new mother, which in, its, in itself, I think, gives you a sense of mortality, those two things combined, I think it, it then raises the same questions that maybe in the past, yeah, maybe it was more geared towards 40s to 50s, where it was, what, what's next in my life? Um, and, and so, so yeah, I'm it's a sorry, little early, but at the same time, I think that it doesn't have to be a certain age. It's really about whenever that, that sense of, of change comes about. I think it's so much more common than people recognize. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm getting at. I mean, I think it happened. Yeah. I had more changes in my life at 35 than I ever did at 55. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I just, and I think so people fast. don't want to Let's, label it that, but yes, it's oh, more no, common. Oh, no, that makes you feel old. Exactly. Right. That's an old statement. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like, yeah, exactly. That's like, yes, yeah, I got you. Kathy, let's bring you right into the middle of this because you, you two probably went to high school at the same time, right? And you're a young mom, and, and you're here, and how does this all resonate with you? I, I think I probably recognize an almost midlife crisis quicker than a lot of people. I mean, I went from, like, going to school, working full-time, doing all the things, right, to I moved 500 miles away from my family. I got married. I have kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool. So my identity in that is, is lost. Right, so I I identify with that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I I think it's important for people to realize that that's not something that only happens like you like you were saying to right newly retired men. Hmm. I think that's yeah, a very I'm- important point. I actually was reading this really interesting article a while back that was talking about the midlife crisis and how it's different for men than it is women. And like usually what 
kind of the triggers of it are what's different. Where for men, it tends to be driven more around career change. Um, and for women, it, it does tend to be more around like the priorities shift of when you become a mother and like, what does that mean? And, and for me, I think it was, uh, it was both at the, at the same time. <laughs> uh, so I got like a double whammy, I guess, but, um, but I can definitely, and, and curious to hear your take, I, I could definitely see becoming a mother. It, I have an, I want to give you all the props in the world for being a stay-at-home mom. I don't think I have it in me to be a stay-at-home mom. That is the toughest. That is the toughest career of them all. Um, but at the same time, it does make me think about okay, whatever my next role is and wherever I take my career, I do have different priorities now. And and whatever I do needs to be almost like worth the sacrifice of time away from my daughter. And so that, that has kind of created like a almost added pressure of whatever the next step in the career is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I because a lot of those I'm, decisions become mommy guilt, which is ugly, but it's so mm-hmm. real. It's so real. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to slip in with a little mother advice for both of you, okay? <laughs> I've watched Kathy in the, in the lashes of her kids and all the hats that she puts on in a day, and you're going to do the same thing. You already have a career hat and a white hat, and you're trying on this mom hat, right? And as soon as that baby hits the ground, in the years to come, you'll be a referee and a chauffeur and a chef and a fashion designer and a mentor. There'll be so many hats that you wear. Never forget who's under the hat because that's where the midlife crisis comes from. Mm-hmm. You, you forget who's under the hat and that she's important. She yeah, I, I totally agree. I, okay. I think that especially women tend to, like, let go of their sense of self and mm-hmm. they don't take time to really nurture that. And yeah. you're absolutely right. That's, that's so critical, and I think... I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, I'm obsessed with Peloton and there's like something that they always say that really resonates with me. And it's like being self, uh, being selfish is actually selfless because you, you can't be your best when you do all of these other things. If you don't take care of yourself first. Hmm. Amen. Absolutely. So let me ask you a, let me ask you a question. If there was a specific definition for the word hero, what would that be? And is there someone in your life that fits that description for you? I think that a hero at the end of the day is somebody that makes a positive impact at a time when it's really needed for someone else. You know, it's like you can make positive impacts kind of here or there, but, like, I think a hero is truly if someone really, like, needed to hear that or or really needed something and you're able to provide that in in a positive way and kind of lift that person up, that's what I would – my definition of a hero would be. Um, And I would say in my own life, you know, I would probably say my husband, 
um, as, as maybe as cheesy as that sounds. Um, but he truly is, we've been together 10 years. We just got married, but we've been together 10 years. Um, and, you know, there, because we've been together for, for a while, obviously there has been really some hard times that we've gone through, including, in, and definitely within the last, you know, couple of years with, with the pandemic and some family things and um, moving our wedding four times and, and all of it. Um, so he has really, we're, we've always been like a 50-50 partnership, which I've always appreciated, but I will say there, there's been some moments, and, and I would say especially literally right now where, you know, when I got laid off, I was devastated because I was, I was so excited for this role and um, I, wasn't, I was not expecting to be laid off like most people. But then I also, because I was pregnant, I really was, I was scared, right? Like I, I really like hit this moment where I was like, oh my God, like, what do I do? Like I'm pregnant. I'm, I don't, for the first time in my life, I don't have a job and I just didn't know what to do. And he has been just such a amazing sense of support and just positive encouragement during this time that I think it's really helped me, um, you know, be able to do something like the podcast where I'm able to be positive and help others through their journey is because I have that support on on my side. That's cool. It's not easy that your husband is your hero. That's a lot. (laughs) It's relatable. (laughs) Right. It's a lot more relatable than Superman. I think. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, not cheesy at all. It's beautiful. I hope he knows you feel that way about it. No. I hope he does, although, like most people, I probably need to tell him more often. <laughs> you know, and therein is a lesson, right? Yep. There you go. Therein is a lesson. Okay, so speaking of lessons, as you've gone on this journey, right, and you've watched your almost going to hit the 40 somethings and you're going to be a mom and and you're married, and you're this executive, and you have this place of power, and you've lived this beautiful life. What's one last lesson that you've learned along the way that you think everybody ought to have the opportunity to know? I think my biggest biggest lesson um, is, you know, growing up, and really until maybe like two years ago, my motto was always like, no one's harder on me than me. And what I meant by that was like, I hold myself accountable. I push myself to always be my best, like, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I was, I was really hard on myself and I really didn't give myself a lot of slack. And when I was going through the pandemic and I was going through, I was really burnt out at work and I, was just really struggling in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I hit this point where I was like, <laughs> why, why am I proud to say no one's harder on me than me? Like, why is that a badge of honor? Because shouldn't, shouldn't I be the kindest to myself? 
than anyone else because why would I ever expect other people to be, to treat me better than I treat myself? And yeah, that was a big wake up call where I was just like, I need to treat myself better. And that means like physically, but also, and I think most importantly, when think where a lot of us struggle is that inner talk and that inner self-talk. Like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough for this. I'm screwing that up. I should have done that better. I should have said that better. I gained five pounds, like, like whatever it is. It's like, we're so hard on ourselves, but then like we get upset if other people don't treat us well. <laughs> so it's like, I think for me, the biggest lesson is like, you need to be your own best advocate and you need to love yourself how you want other people to love you or you can't expect Mm. anyone else to do it better oh that's beautiful wow i got chills (laughs) (laughs) i wrote it down kathy how does that resonate with you over there you know we had a i love that we had a guest not too long ago and she said you have to be your own best friend because you're the only person that you're with forever. Mm-hmm. Right, and I was just like, wow. I did the same thing just now. I was like, wow, I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. See, everybody needs that life lesson, including me. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Sometimes it's like we know it and we still need a reminder. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let me ask you one more question. If you could put a one-liner of advice on a T-shirt, what would it say? Um, I would probably say give yourself a break. Just, you know what, like life can be hard, and sometimes you don't know what's next. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. And you're not going to, you're not going to, the path isn't always going to be pretty and clean and straight. And that's okay. Like, give yourself a break. Because throughout your whole journey, because that's really all life is, it's it's not a destination. We're all going to the same place. Um, (laughs) So it's it's not about where you're going, because I'll see you there. It's what makes it life is the journey there and how you learn and grow. And the only way to learn and grow is through imperfection. So I say just give yourself a break. Like, it's, it's fine. <laughs> like, you're going to – it's not going to be perfect, and nor should it be, because that would actually be boring. Yeah. All right. I said a thousand times, right, we're all just walking each other home, so we might as well just be kind. Yeah. Be kind. Mm. Those are beautiful words, ladies. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) I could keep having this conversation indefinitely. I have just written a whole page of notes, and you both have said some of the most beautiful things. (laughs) Thank you. For the things that you've shared, I have, I love to just take notes and learn. I appreciate both of you so much. I would love for our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. We can serve you in some way. If you want to share your story, 
If you just need someone to talk to, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. We're interested in what you have to say. Um, Jennifer, I'm going to start by saying, wow, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your, your journey. Um, when my husband and I got married, we got a wedding gift from a lady, and it's, uh, it's been on our wall 38 years now. It says life is not a destination, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been a reminder for us for a very long time. It's nice to hear that, hear that come back around. So thank you for all that you shared and for the, for the light you shine and for the journey that you're on, and many blessings to you. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? Um, she mentioned a while ago, right, it, 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 it's okay. And I have tried to nail this point home numerous times that it, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to normalize plan B. It's okay, right? You have to give yourself grace. So my challenge today for our audience is to give yourself some grace. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Kath. Thank you for joining us as always. Jennifer, we would be honored if you would take the stage and close out our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today? Um, yeah, I mean, to echo, I think thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, if I could leave the audience with anything, it would be kind of be, you know, echoing the sentiment that, you know what, your imperfections and your imperfect journey are what make you special and what makes your life worth living. Um, and there's always something to gain from every misstep and every wrong turn. So um, you may not be able to see it in the moment, but sooner or later, you know, you'll, you'll benefit from that in, in some way. And so just, you know, reach out when you need it. Uh, you're not alone. And, um, you know, just keep going through your journey and, and give yourself a break. <laughs> 